See, one of the challenges we have is it's not easy. It's fact, changing adult behavior is one of the hardest things to do. All right. We've we had a lot of years doing it. So, but in many ways, as a coach, that's, you know, we want to work on mindset, but it's also it's behavior. We want to have you do something differently. So I've created, uh, based on my experience with clients, a system that's simple because the change is so complicated. I've seen it working for anything from basically just getting tasks done to developing healthier habits to even getting rid of some addictions. So it, includes, it has three parts to it. It's the first part is the structure. The second part is the trigger. And the third part is the accountability. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. Really excited about bringing you a good friend, a fantastic entrepreneur. He built a company called Lapore Inc. and really led Lapore to be one of the leading fashion jewelry companies in Canada, grew to be multi-multi-million dollar business. And you'll, you'll hear that that didn't go well. There's a tax issue with the government that ended up going impacting the business. And uh, Rob rebooted went in a different direction, and then eventually has found himself as an ADHD coach and executive coach, and just been massively successful delivering incredible value, referral-only uh, business. And we basically got reconnected. His daughter is dating one of our, our former top operators, Mexico operators, and uh, we got reconnected this past spring. And we we talked in this podcast about Rob's entrepreneurial journey, and a number of the strategies that he uses with his clients that I think you're just going to love and things that you can literally put into your life now. We're going to attach his structures to our podcast notes so that you could go and, 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 and use them privately. And then we talk about ADHD and ADHD, ADHD coaching because there's a huge group of entrepreneurs who have attention deficit disorder, okay, uh, Rob and I being one of them, or two of them. <laughs> and then we talked about mindfulness and uh, just had a, a fantastic conversation. I know you're going to love it. So please give me any feedback. C. Thompson at studentworks.com. You know what we're up to. We are actively recruiting our 2023 class. Uh, we are in the midst of a fantastic season and would love to know if you knew any amazing entrepreneurs. You can share this podcast, send them to our website, or send me an email with uh, their contact information. Have a super fantastic day. Thanks so much. Rob, thank you so much for joining us on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Uh, it's my pleasure, Chris. It's great yeah, to be. It's, it's just awesome. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah. So, um, so, so Rob, why don't we start back on your entrepreneurial journey, you know, just think back to, you know, high school, university, what, I know you were an entrepreneur and are an entrepreneur. What, what were you up to then? Yeah. School was frustrating for me. 
you know, I was barely getting by with, with B's in high school, bored to death, you know, time to decide what to do with university coming up. And I really had no idea. Fortunately, at the same time, I discovered flea markets. Uh, my cousin had a booth selling jewelry, so he set me up. And I felt like I was home. <laughs> you know, I just love the the mer- choosing the products, the merchandising, the creating the customer experience and staffing. And it was exceptional. Working just weekends, I was making a great deal of money, enough that I was able to make that decision not to go to university, continue. Yeah, so yeah, so I continued doing what I was doing in the flea markets for about half a year. And then I looked around at the other people who were successful. You know, they sit around drinking beer Monday to Friday and uh, work on the weekend. That didn't quite fit at 19 what I wanted. So one of my philosophies was short-term pain for long-term gain. So I ended up uh, working for some companies selling fine jewelry on the road uh, to retailers. So actually learning that business. And I built that up. I traveled the province. And then the I started to develop my own line where I was wholesaling. And that eventually uh, took over. And again, so I left a good income from the road and I started to build my own business. And it was great. I just, you know, it was what we philosophy was, it was a mass class. It was great looking fashion, jewelry and accessories, but affordable. Those people. And we were known for innovation. One thing we did is we opened up. Typically, people would go to a retailer because we'd sell to like a boutique. Uh, a salesman would come to them to see a line of products and they'd end up ordering it for like a three month delivery. And typically, the small guys got screwed because everybody shipped the majors first. So it was very frustrating for the, for the retailer and for the rep. It was crazy going to downtown Toronto. Spending three hours, four hours working with someone, getting maybe a thousand dollar order wouldn't be bad, a hundred buck commission, but at a fifty percent ship rate, fifty dollars, it wasn't worth it for anybody. So what we did is, I got this from in Paris, is we opened up very sophisticated cash and carry showrooms. Now what that was, it was on the main floor of a fashion building. The retailer would walk in, they'd be greeted by, you know, a well-trained salesperson who would walk them through the different sections. They got a buggy, they see it, they like what they have, they throw it in the buggy, they come to the cash and they either an account, book it, and they leave with the product. So we quickly, after the success in Toronto, opened up in Montreal and Vancouver, and really we took over almost all, most of the independent business because it was a perfect solution for the independents. And for me as a company, one of our issues was always inventory. We had inventory ahead. And the what the products we showed, it was in season. It was only what we had available. So we kept our inventory clean. So in the, in the meantime, the other philosophy we had is to make, initially when we started, most jewelry made in the Orient was very cheap. Our focus was making better fashion jewelry overseas. So we did great. We became major suppliers to most of the majors doing like private label program. And we built up to one of the... Uh, you know, one of the larger players. And then I saw an ad uh, in Inc. Magazine. It was for, it had a picture of Ford and Edison sitting uh, in a park. And it was regarding uh, at MIT, there was a three-year program they were starting and they were selecting 65 entrepreneurs from North America. 
And yeah, so I applied and I got accepted. And that introduced me very much to a bigger entrepreneurial world through what was then YO, now EO. It's uh, what's called Birth of the Giants. And it just built from there. And we expanded to the States. Well, one sec, why, don't, why don't we pause to just for some follow-up questions, Rob? So, so one thing that I found fascinating, again, our young leaders listening, is this idea of you're really doing well. And, and Rob didn't say what well was. Trust me, it was well. Okay, so there was a really big financial win and you could see it not leading to where you wanted to go. So, so was that hard stepping away from that money to go go kind of down a bunch? But you, you know, I guess you saw the opportunity in the future. You knew that that wasn't what it was going to be. It wasn't a problem. I, my layers are focused on what I wanted. Okay. Uh, okay. And yeah, this is the path. Right. Okay. And I just I just had the belief. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so by the way, uh, for our leaders, I met Robert, he was the uh, president of the YEO now entrepreneurs organization, the world's largest and frankly best entrepreneurial organization. And Rob was the the president when I, when I came in as a member later on, I became the president for a few years and, and just so many amazing people that we met and learned from. And, and so, so, so you also went to a, to an organization birthing of giants. So what sort of, um, what sort of things did you take away from that, um, that, that journey? You know, I said I was on the focus. I was always very focused, but I was very alone. You know, 19, uh, was 1920, uh, 10 years old. My friends were out partying. I was getting ready for the weekend with my jewelry, right? Packaging. Nobody was doing that. So when I went to, to the, the EO, MIT, Birth and Giants, People were like me. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I felt like I had a community. So there was that feeling. Another big thing I took away, I know when I first got there, you know, you're talking to somebody to break about a business, and they go, well, how much are you doing? And I don't know what I said, but I felt like, none of your fucking business. <laughs> I right. Like, I say that. <laughs> it's my initial response. And, you know, then one of the, I have this book here. Uh, Jack Stapp was speaker. Yeah, great game of business. He opened, he took over a dime man, uh, automobile manufacturing in Michigan. And by sharing information with employees, making them owners, changed the whole, the whole company, the culture. So it opened me up to that, to, to sharing. It was a very big thing with sharing information with the staff and more of a team. That's probably what I got. And one more, I'm going to age myself here. But the first year, Vern, who was uh, earnest, started the old and was running the program then said how many people have an email this thing happening called the internet one or two people right put up their hand year two half year three everybody so it was during the explosion like multi-millionaire billionaires were created in that in the class so the other lesson is to be a little more open to what's happening new i guess i learned because i was just sort of watching it and you know on the slide yeah, no. And, and, and again, it was, you know, uh, we were also there, you know, when the, the duck dot com happened and, and names were available, et cetera, and the sites were available. So so and by the way, Vern Harnish, you could check out his website, gazelles.com. If you're interested in entrepreneurial journey, he's one of the best entrepreneurial coaches in the world. Uh, and there, he's got a regular weekly email. So so, Rob, going back to your story. So you were you expanded, you were you expanded throughout the U.S. and, and growing your business. and Take us, take us from there. Okay. So I came back totally pumped. 
uh, for me. Oh, I came up with a thousand day plan to basically quadruple the size of our business. I, I brought in a top consultant from the States. We put in a, and the big thing that he said was, I have to, there's too much on me. I'm doing too much in the organization. Our salesperson, our product development. So brought in VP finance, someone that's uh, sales, product development. And at that, a quarter million dollar computer was state of the art uh, for that day. So we were ready to go. And then there was a knock on the door. I don't know how much you want to get into it, but it was Revenue Canada. And we got in a four-year fight over how we were producing our goods. Yeah, that was devastating. It ended up, it ended up destroying the company, never mind the impact on me. And it was simple about packaging. It was going back to a very old federal sales tax law where if we package an item, we have to charge an, ex, an excise tax. During the war, they put an excise tax on for jewelry. So it's archaic. Obviously, jewelry is not really, it's not war and it's not a, such a luxury anymore. But what we did, because we sold different people, we'd bring our jewelry in. And if the product went to you know, Fairweathers, we get a separate card. Sears, a separate packaging. So because of that, they wanted us to charge tax instead of paying tax when our goods came in. And that would have made us, A, besides costing a fortune, totally uncompetitive because they refused to look at our competition, which now is doing it the same way we did. Yeah, so major fight from spending my time figuring ways to increase the business, new opportunities. We figuring out how to deal with the lawyers and accountants and the government threatening me with jail. So that was a that was a challenging time on the entrepreneurial journey. No kidding, no kidding. Um, and uh, you, you know, and and and, and I, my story is Rob is is that is that so often entrepreneurs um, and I have similar some stories like that where you know kind of we don't have the legals right or we don't have the structure right. And and frankly, like you said, it's by the sounds of it, you've got a really good argument to say we did have the structure right. And our competitors were using the same structure and they were they were just, again, off track. And, and it, it, it is one of the, the big risks of being an entrepreneur sometimes or not sometimes all the time is structures and government impacts. Right. And, the, and actually, in our case, we actually because we fought it. We, I had a great law and the source creative as far as the entrepreneurs out there. I won the lobbyists. Top lobbyists are expensive. So we ended up working out a. A great uh, deal, percentage deal with somebody. If he's able to stop the audit, get X amount of money, and if he ends up changing everything, a uh, different amount. So he got us at that point up to Paul Martin, the finance minister, who looked at it and said it's ridiculous because we were having like a hundred women like carding jewelry. We were employing Canadians as opposed to having to manufacture. So he said it was the stupidest thing he's ever seen. It was put in the budget to change the law, and then 9/11 came, and all the priorities changed. Yeah. So that's unfortunate. Then when uh, we ended up losing officially, but a few years later, the conservatives came into power and they, they, got they changed the it. Yeah. yeah. It's a little late for me, but yes, you're right. <laughs> we are susceptible. <laughs> oh, just so, so harmful, so harmful. And uh, yeah. And, and just a, an enormous, yeah. Enor- lessons and enormous financial impact. Right. And, and, and it goes back to as well, life's not fair, you know, right. Life's not fair. It's not, it's, it's, it's not fair. And, and, and so, you know, one of the things is, you know, so you went for your entrepreneurial journey and turned into executive coaching and ADHD coaching. 
Yeah, yeah. I ended up, uh, you know, the meditation I was doing, just uh, looking at, I was looking at different options. And actually coaching was one of the lower ones. But then I thought, what would it be like working with other entrepreneurs and helping them avoid some of the pitfalls that, that I experienced? And uh, it all of a sudden became number one, became a top priority as far as career focus. Yeah. And yeah. And one thing led to another. And it's uh, yeah, everything happens. Everything happened for a reason. It's all part of the path. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, certainly for me, I, you know, and obviously one of the things that we're drawn together, just, you know, as coaches, you know, uh, you know, and entrepreneurs and, and, and being a coach to me is, is really putting your life to service because that's what coaches do. They serve others. Right. And, and, and of course, in, in, in so that they, you know, earn money, they, there's, they're, they're successful as well, but it's really, you know, being on every meeting, meeting after meeting, looking to make a difference, looking to make an impact is really great. And I know one of the things uh, Rob and I reconnected recently. And uh, one of the things is, is I just was really, really excited by a bunch of the things that you just, you discovered in your coaching and some of the things that we do similarly. And I wanted to talk about some of those things to, to provide value for our leaders who listen to the, to our podcast. And one of them is the three win strategy. So maybe you could share about the three win strategy, Rob. Yeah. So there's a lot of distortions we have in life. We don't see things as they're really happening. Uh, and that's one of our societal problems. We see it especially in the States. You know, people believe Trump won the election. Like, you're not going to convince them otherwise, so on and so forth. But a big one is a negativity bias. So, and what that is, is we end up giving more importance to what's wrong. We end up noticing what's wrong first, and we hold on to it longer. To it longer. And there's a reason for it. You know, way back in prehistoric times, you know, that noise in the bush could have been some, an animal wanted to eat us. We had to be aware of risk. That smoke up ahead could be another tribe that could be equally uh, risky. So we could afford to miss a good time, but we couldn't afford to miss a risk. So we were brains were tuned to negativity. And evolution-wise, it worked. Here we are, right? Fortunately, it stayed. You know, if you had... You, you, you know, we talked before, so it might not be the case, but if you have five things to do today and you did four of them, what are you going to think about at night? Well, well, other than the fact I've got some strategies, I would think about the other thing. And even with those strategies, Rob, I will think about the thing I didn't do right. For sure, I will. And I do my best not to, and I still do. Yes. Yeah, and we do with people, experience with them, and it creates anxiety and depression. So... Uh, fortunately, there's something called neuroplasticity, which means that our brains change based on experience. And what I practice is self-directed neuroplasticity. It's where we can direct it in the direction we want. So what we want to do is we want to change your brain to more positive bias. Now, we were in session. At first, I'd say, you believe it? You believe we could change your brain? You know, yeah, but I'd show you a picture. So it's a picture of a, like a university lecture hall with a huge dog in the middle. And nobody sees the dog. Who expects to see a dog there? But then I point out the dog, right? And you see it. So the question is, could you ever look at this picture again and not see a dog? No, because you know it's a dog there. So we want to show your brain that a lot of good things happen in your life. 
What you do is at the end of the day, I, you can do it in the morning. I do it before I go to sleep. You get a nice journal and write three wins during the day, three good things that happen. And we're not necessarily talking about home runs. You know, it could be you got a nice smile. You know, getting a coffee. You know, you had a great conversation with your partner or your kid. Or sunset was stunning. So it's not an owner's task. You write one line down to describe it each. And then you think about what you did to contribute. And this is where it differentiates from more of a gratitude journal. Because it's important to know that you impact your wins. You impact your life. So it's obvious if you have a great sale or if you get a deal or even if you get it, you know, maybe with your kid, right? You actually spend time. But even a sunset, what do you do there? Well, you slow down enough. Slow down, notice, yeah. So you write the three things. And that's the exercise. The research showed over 80% people have more positivity and less depression after doing it for about three weeks. My experience was at about the three, four week mark, I noticed them when they happened. And when you notice a win, if you think about something good you did, you're going to feel good. And that's very positive in the moment. But what's even better, what that led to is thinking, you know what? If I would get out of my comfort zone and call this person, I could create a win. So it actually became motivating. Oh, wow. Great. So, yeah, I've been doing the exercise for 10 years. I share it with all my clients. And it's, uh, I suggest all your listeners. Yes. You know, uh, Get a nice notebook and just record it. It makes such a difference. I think I think we as humans just do so little to acknowledge ourselves. So so I think you know it's 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 acknowledgement strategy. It's being aware and it's being aware that we make a difference in our lives. You know when we're setting ourselves up to make, make an impact. I, I know I reading your your study. One of the people that you uh, you note is Martin Seligman, one of the leading positive psychology, you know, leaders in the world uh, who's who's written about this and recognizes this. So this is, you know, so for some people, some people see this stuff and kind of, well, I don't know, does it really work? No, this really works. It's great. It's true. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a real thing. And, and I've had similar feedback, coaching similar things over the over the, over the years with 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 our leaders in our business. And again, just a real change. And 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 then it's like, well, why am I going to want to stop? Is there anything that's going to prevent Rob from doing this? And again, maybe the odd evening, of course, but as a consistent strategy, no. And then it becomes a practice. Totally. Uh, yeah, I miss it. I look forward to it. Yeah, for sure. And the two offshoots we were coaching, I give it to you three weeks later apart, but. One is, you know, if you have kids, especially young sort of teenagers, when you're in school, how was your day? Nothing, nothing. Okay. Share wins at the dinner table. Everybody, everybody share a win. And the other one for relationships, share a couple wins at night before you go to sleep. You know, what is a win that you guys created together? That's a great takeaway. And, and, uh, you know, again, and again, we're really literally changing as he, as Rob said, the neuroplasticity, you know, the, the way we're, we were again, set up to think, and, and it's just going to make such a difference in the quality of our life. So, you know, I, I know, I know another structure that I really loved was, was the system. So maybe you could, you could, you could share, you could share what you're, what you're doing, um, with your, in your coaching, uh, business with that. Yeah. Yeah, this is really exciting. See, one of the challenges we have is it's not easy. It's fact, changing adult behavior is one of the hardest things to do. 
right? We have, we have a lot of years doing it. So, but in many ways as a coach, that's, you know, we want to work on mindset, but it's also it's behavior. We want to have you do something differently. So I've created, uh, based on my experience with clients, a system that's simple because the change is so complicated. And it works everything from, basically working for anything from basically just getting tasks done to developing healthier habits to even getting rid of some addictions. So it, includes, it has three parts to it. It's the first part is the structure. The second part is the trigger. And the third part is the accountability. So whatever it is you want to do first, figure that out. Okay. So let's say you want to meditate is your goal. So we want to have the structure. And my system for structure is um, based on W5. Right? So when you want to use either any one of these or any couple in combination. So the first one is what? Exactly what do you want to do? Because sometimes, I know we're going to talk about ADHD after, but it can be overwhelming. A, ta a, a task with multiple functions. So what's the first step, right? Then when, when are you gonna do it? It's it took, fortunately didn't take me too long to realize with clients when they said they're gonna do something and the next week it didn't happen, it was because it wasn't scheduled. Like you scheduled appointments for other people. If you need something done for yourself and it's important, give yourself the same respect, put it in your calendar. Who can be a factor uh, if, you know, I'm a big fan of delegation. Is there someone else that could be better doing this or who can help you? So we look at the meditation. Well, what are we going to do? All right, well, I want to do a breath meditation, right? And I spell out where it is and it's on my website. Anyone's, anybody wants some good training or meditations, they're welcome to, to them. Where? And support to define it. So, uh, so where and when? So I want to do it uh, just before breakfast. And then... That, and then I have where I want to go in my backyard. So it's all laid out ahead of time, right? So I have a structure. And then a trigger, right? So triggers can be good and triggers can be bad. Here we want, and a trigger is something that's going to remind you to do something. So one trigger, standard one, is, is an alarm or an appointment notification. But you got to be careful. There could be a little too many of that. So here, in this case, well, when are you going to meditate? Before breakfast? So you know what? Why don't we just take a post-it note, put it on my cereal box? So if I don't remember it, I'm going to see it before I have breakfast. So now we have all of that, right? We know when we're going to do it, uh, what we're going to do, and the time. And we have the trigger. So now accountability. And accountability can be a challenge when you're in business for yourself, right? It's, you know, you're not that accountable to many people. So a typical accountability would be, I'd say, Chris, you meditate today? You could give me dozens of reasons why you didn't that had nothing to do with you. Right? The kids wanted you, a client needed you, so on and so forth. So I want you to be accountable for the one thing that you have 100% control on, and that's your effort you put into it. So for accountability, I want you to, at the end of each day, for this goal, grade yourself. And you can do it with the zero to three system, like zero being, I knew I should have done it, but I didn't, didn't even try. One would be, I, I didn't know to do it, but, and I didn't try, obviously. Then two is uh, effort and three is success. So there's information in that. Like number, uh, so, okay, so let me continue. 
So then you, you do that daily for the week. And in the end of the week, you have a report card and you see what's your average. And if hypothetically you got zeros, you know, like you probably don't care enough. You really don't want to meditate. That's what yeah, it's telling so you. Let's find yes. something of value, right? More so. But if you got a one, you didn't try, but you didn't know. So maybe we need a better trigger to do, to do it on. And two could be just give it some time or possibly a little change, change, change trigger. So I would suggest put it on a spreadsheet and, and daily just grade yourself. And ideally also, if you can share this with a buddy and you ask somebody else the questions. And I tell you, Chris, I know when I share this with you, is that the initial development of it? I've now all of my clients are on it and I've never seen such positive results. I'm actually going to be developing this as an, on, as an online program that I'm going to be putting out, out in the future. Oh, fantastic. And, and um, uh, yeah, I, I really, really love it. And, and um, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, structures and accountability in our program. And, and I really like the refinement of what you've, what you've done. And again, I think working with a coach is, is really wonderful. And also, as you mentioned, working with an accountability partner, they're holding you accountable. You're holding them accountable. And just again, helping uh, be a mirror for them, help, assisting them in 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 having them uh, accomplish what they want. You know, so so it's so and have them do it too. They yes. have their goals, Absolutely. and that's one. Uh, you know, typically I'd say five five to ten. Once we get going, that people are working on at one time. Right. Right. No, that's, that's awesome. And, and, um, and so, so triggers, I know, I know one question I had was how do we remove triggers? You first have to be aware of them. Okay. And some of them, you just can't, right. One of our biggest triggers, well, I shouldn't say emotional triggers are the more difficult ones with people. So I think there it's about awareness and sort of regulating, but the biggest trigger we have. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And you turned off your phone in coming uh, when we started our podcast. Right. Because, again, you know, that that would that that would be a natural negative trigger, at least to the quality of the podcast. So, yeah, totally. And it's uh, it's unbelievable how much time it takes away from people just when they're working independently. Because the you know, the uh, update, you get notification from Instagram. Yeah, it's could be something interesting, but they're sending it on their time, not your time. So my suggestion for most people is close your phone, put it away when you got stuff to do. So that's, those are the easier ones to handle the trigger. Yeah. Hey leaders, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. 
And, and so one of the things I know when we, when we reconnected was about ADHD coaching, as we both know, many, many entrepreneurs, you know, have some form of ADHD, you know, uh, I, I haven't been tested. I'm sure I do. Uh, so, um, and, 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 and I know Rob does, and that, that's, that's what makes him a great coach understanding him. So, so why don't we talk about ADHD and the types of things that, that, um, you know, the, 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 the type, what, what ADHD is, and, and then also some of the structures that you create to actually get the best out of ADHD and limit its drawbacks. Okay. First thing, the name, terrible. <laughs> Attention deficit disorder. Uh, I have to talk about giving a kid a label or an adult. It's a different brain wiring. Uh, and my, there's different groups of ADHDers. Uh, they say they say five to ten percent of the population. We're very heavily represented in two groups. One is prison. Right. <laughs> 30, 40 percent of prisoners have it. <laughs> if we don't do nurse. <laughs> yeah. if we don't manage our triggers, that's where that's we end up. Fortunately, Rob, we've done well. So we yeah. right. And my you know my focus is on that group. So as I see it, it's almost where there's certain strengths in our brain wiring. And it varies, but I find a lot of times it involves the ability to see what others can't, to see outside the box, to see a solution that is inevitable to somebody, to come up with an, a business idea that never existed. And when your brain is working at that level, it's shifted. And a lot of the basic stuff is very hard. Uh, remembering an, an appointment, uh, prioritizing things, keeping a calendar, and that suffers. And unless you're Richard Branson, who's my ADHD hero, we got to take care of that other stuff. So we have to discover strategies to deal with the basic stuff. But I really, especially if anyone's out there is recently diagnosed, it's not a death sentence. It's not necessarily bad. It's just a description for the way your brain works. And what we want to do is find a way to really maximize that because that's that's your superpower. It's in there. Yeah. And that's ex that's exactly what, how I describe it as well as it's a superpower. And and we need to set up some some structures and some disciplines and sometimes just habits can can really assist us with, you know, you know, so we've got this prevalence to jump to here, to here, to here. And on the other hand, if I have a, a structure that I'm regularly, when I have something that comes to my mind, I put it down, I write it down. And then I regularly go look at my list, even though I have quote unquote, you know, hyperactive, you know, uh, disorders or whatever that those habits, those habitual practices make it so that I can show up really well in the world and I can get my things done. And then the other thing I know we've talked about uh, as well is is using a calendar. And I know in our program, our coaches regularly use calendars with their coaches, uh, with their operators and then and then show calendars. And then again, we're just getting used to habitually looking at our calendar and then coming back and then again, using that as a structure to support so that, again, we've got the superpower with something to harness us <laughs> or corral us at times. Uh, you, you hit the magic word, structure. It's so key. And we, you see that with uh, like a, lot of, a lot of kids, stars in high school, they might do great. Then they get to university and it blows up. 
And the reason a lot of times is there's no structure. You don't have to be in your class at a certain time. There's nobody on top of you checking if you gave it an assignment in. So it's so crucial. This and you know, with clients, they start. We have a uh, from uh, like it's whole plan now from when they wake up to when they go to sleep. Some clients only we only have to work maybe the morning component. Others the end. Others you know the work part too. Because even within the work you do, is there a way to divide it up? So yeah, a structure is essential, and that involves a calendar and a proper system to keep track of your to-dos. Like one of the big, big ADHD lessons, your brain is great for processing. It totally sucks as a filing cabinet. Don't, don't try and store anything in there. Have a system for ideas. Yeah, even on my wall, on my shelf, I have like six bins of different projects or ideas. I have. So if anything comes to me, I can just throw it in there. And I know it's there. You need a system. Yeah. Yeah. And as well, um, as our, uh, you know, fortunately, uh, thank you for my team. Uh, You know, we have team, you know, we have team members who just capture that, grab it. Okay. Let's keep the notes. Let's, what are we doing with that? Let's, let's have a structure, follow through. Everything's going to happen. Everything's going to show up at training, be there so we can deliver the goods. So, so it's, it's, you know, that that's, that's also something as our teams grow, we can, we can use other people who have other capabilities to, um, to assist, to, to assist your, your capabilities. And, and again, uh, your strengths. Yeah. Actually, even just the thought I just had, remember a book came out years ago was on working on your business, not in your business. Yes. Yes. So it's almost like that. It's what's, what's the right structure for you? What can you create? So things happen without even having to think about it. Absolutely. And we still, we still use that terminology. I know I just saw in, uh, one structure we have is every week our, our operators uh, send us, send us coaching uh, feedback. Here's what went well. Here's what, you know, didn't, here's where I need coaching. You know, and I know one of our, one of our operators said I was working in my business, not on my business this week. So, you know, Hey, that's, that's not going to get us the things that we want. We all understand that sometimes that can happen. And then what structures we need to set up for next week to go be powerful. Nice. Nice. And I think that feedback loop is great. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, so again, it's, you know, and again, I think you're so right about the labeling, but there is a power as well in understanding the labeling. First of all, you know, there's amazing role models, again, Richard Branson and many, many other successful entrepreneurs were in the leadership space. Hey, they have this. Well, oh, wow, I'm lucky I have this, right? That's, that's how you could think about it. And it it can explain some things about you. And not take it on it as a negative thing, you know, like, you know, and just going, okay, this is great. This is what I can do with this. Yes. And uh, my message is ADHD. It's not an excuse, but it is an explanation, uh, which means there are things you can do about it. Right. The health. Absolutely. No, I like that. I like that. And then one other thing that both of us, uh, you know, have, have, have a bunch of in common is mindfulness. But maybe you can share about the mindfulness path and 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 for I know a lot of our leaders, uh, you know, have, have maybe just started down that journey, haven't wondering, don't get it. And I'm, I one thing I do want to comment on is there's never been as much um, awareness of mindfulness and the power of mindfulness than it, it right now in our community. It's just grown and grown and grown. It's 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 amazing. But mindfulness. Yeah. Yeah. So initially I started training mindfulness, my clients. 
uh, to deal with two issues that are very common with ADHD. One being anxiety and the other being overwhelmed, right? Because uh, that leads to procrastination. But I started noticing other things when I was doing it, other impacts. Because if you think about it, any behavioral change, you have to notice it in the moment to change it, right? If you got a problem in the way you're responding back to people too quickly, not empathetic, unless you can stop and notice that, you're not gonna be able to do anything about it. If your tendency is to procrastinate, not procrastinate, to get distracted or going on YouTube instead of doing your work, well, when are you gonna notice it? So mindfulness impacted that. And it also, I saw it significantly impacted relationships. And so much about life, as I'm sure you, uh, and I know it's one of your, your, your philosophies, it's about relationships, about people. So over the years, I've been developing uh, my own form of mindfulness training. It's called the mind, 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 Mindful Intelligence. So the way I conceptualize it is a higher level. It's accessing a higher level of your intelligence. And the challenges to that are, number one, around thoughts. Is first off, there's too many of them. They can be overwhelming and we're not present, right? We want to be in the moment with what's happening now, not worried about yesterday, uh, freaking out about the future. So we want to be able to find a way to sort of calm ourselves and focus on one thing. The other thing that blocks us is a lot of these thoughts, the bullshit, <laughs> the judgmental, the based on fear, the worst word on, on different biases, uh, initial experiences that aren't valid anymore. So we want to be able to look what's our distortion, as I mentioned earlier before. So that's part of mindfulness is learning to A, be able to focus on one thing and then see what's real and not. Another aspect that stops us in that level of intelligence is denial, right? Uh, it's huge, our lack of acceptance. We think acceptance is weakness, but it's not. To me, acceptance is really, it's a lot of strength. You know, if you're planning, if planning to go do something outside today and it's uh, go for a walk and it's raining, you can bitch about it <laughs> or you can go out and just accept it and do it and maybe enjoy it. Acceptance or emotions is something else too that blocks us. There's, I'm not, I'm not talking about emotional uh, regulation. It's really, to me, emotions can be a compass, connects to our intuition. So we want to be able to connect to that to find out. And the other uh, main block is the way we treat ourselves. Man, we're rough. Our inner critic can be the worst. So we work a lot of mindfulness about inner critic. It's sort of being able to, at one level, separate yourself. Because even if you can see, if you realize you're doing it, you're no longer lost in it. So you can step uh, sort of one level higher and you can see it. So it's it's on a way to getting better. And then there's a higher level of like, work with clients where you actually sort of develop a relationship with it. But the fundamental to do all these things, the skill, and this, Chris, if you would have told me back in the YO days, I would be preaching this, I would have said you were crazy. Slowing down. And it's true, the fastest way to get there is you gotta slow yourself down, your mind a bit. And it makes a huge difference. And it's been huge, huge in my life in, uh, in all ways.
Yeah. And, 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 and again, I think it's one of those things where, where it is difficult, um, you know, uh, for, again, the, the, the demographic here, are, you know, 18 to 20, you know, uh, you know, late 20. So, so it's pow, 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 let's, let's, let's make a difference in our world. Let's drive, let's, let's get success. Um, a, a big part of our, our, our leaders here. And we know what that's like because we were feeling that. So what sort of coaching do you have around mindfulness or different ways to have make, make progress on that. And, and, and again, we're, we're not talking about yogi stuff, although that's okay. Um, you know, there's no, again, no judgment, someone who's, who's spending their lives meditating. One of, one of my really, really close, powerful friends, you know, I, I believe is meditating at least an hour a day, sometimes two hours a day, incredible. And that's not what we're talking about, but we're talking about taking the time, you know, in a practice so that you have more mindfulness in every conversation. I believe one of the best things that mindfulness gives me is the ability to listen way better, to stay more present in conversations. Right. That wasn't easy, was it? It, brought, it, it, it? It's a skill. It's a skill you have, you, have, you have to learn. Yeah. And so the reason I call my book, my book Mindful Intelligence is because we don't all have an hour to do it, right? And plus, to me, that's the, the basis if you talk about, you know, basically in mind, what do you do when you meditate? You focus, it's focused attention. You focus on your breath and your body. You notice when you're not, and you bring your attention back. The value of that skill is you're doing work and you have that urge to go to, to, to go to social media or something, right? You notice that urge, right? And the earlier you notice it, it's okay. I have that urge. I'm aware of it. All right. Now I'm just choose to bring your attention back to your work. So there's that built in. And to me, the building that strength is built in real life too. So in walking, like our bodies, we can do a whole thing on, on our bodies. There's so much knowledge and intelligence in our bodies, but notice the way it feels to walk. You walk into an appointment, how does it feel when your foot hits the ground? How does it impact the muscles? When you raise your shoulders a little bit, how does that feel? All of this brings you in the moment because your power is when you're connecting with that person in the moment. So practice mindful activities whenever you can. And yeah, and your thing about listening, one of the exercises I have is, is a conversation you're gonna to have today. For the first minute, notice when your mind wanders. Right. And it's not that you necessarily think I want to go skiing. You might be thinking, oh, what do they really mean? Or where are they going? Like, you're going to miss it, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's these real life. Life gives you opportunities to practice, to be mindful. And then the situations where it's more challenging, it's going to happen a lot easier and eventually intuitively. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and my, my feeling always around mindfulness, it's not mindfulness is not about the, 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 the practice of meditation. It's about how it gives you, you know, just more mindful communication, more mindful experience. Like as, as, as Rob was walking, you're walking. Well, are you there walking? Or are you there churning in your head thinking about something or a past conversation? Are you actually walking? Again, Rob mentioned earlier in the conversation about recognizing a sunset. And so am I there? Am I actually 
observing the sunset and being present with the sunset, this beautiful thing, you know, so it's, it's just checking in. Um, and it's okay if we're not, because many times, again, I walk by a sunset too. That's not the point. It's just how mindful are we? Can we bring more mindfulness to our day? Right. And I know without question, you know, but just for official, there's nothing, there's nothing about maybe this that implies you shouldn't be a successful, you shouldn't be thinking about things. But if you want to think about something, you want to think about this idea, want to think how you're going to solve this, that's your focus. That's your meditation, right? And that's where you're at. Love that. And, and so did, hopefully everyone see this distinction because sometimes people think, oh, if I think about this more and more and more, I'm more likely to find it, to find an answer. No, what we would recommend, and I think I'm speaking for Rob, but I'm confident is let's send some focused time thinking, you know, scribbling, writing down, you know, tuning in, maybe fact finding, and then push it away because actually what will happen is your mind actually will create answers when behind you're not scenes. thinking yeah, yeah. behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah. And, and so, so, so again, I know I've recommended this in, 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 in past um, conversations with people, but a, a great way to start is just with some of the simple apps, Mindspace app and different, different apps, very, again, very inexpensive. There's some free starts, you know, that you can, you can do and, 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 um, and, and again, it's it's we're not talking about a lot of time, uh, you know, for people, again, who want to get stuff done because we know that <laughs> uh, we totally recognize. And and again, then you'll determine, hey, how much time do I want to spend on this? You know, and, and, and what what's what's the value of of the time I'm spending? And, you know, I might be a little more polite with, with, some, with a lot of clients, but if we're talking 10 minutes a day. And you say you don't have time. Bullshit. Yeah, of course. Ten minutes. Ten, ten, ten minutes. minutes. It's yes, exactly. It's just it's and, yeah. Uh, and I agree. The quickest way to sort of feel there's headspace, calm, great app that can give some initial initial training. Thanks for thanks for thanks for actually um, saying actual um, uh, uh, meditating apps. I was saying something else. <laughs> yeah, you got you're close though. It close. Be into it, though. So, close. so thank you, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> too funny, but, um, but yeah. And, and, and again, there's no question that that actually shows up for me. I know I I'll say words, they won't be correct. I think that's probably a form of my attention deficit disorder. And, and I know people who spend time with me say, I got to figure out sometimes what Chris meant by that. So, so, uh, and, and I'm blessed that, that people still hang out with me and I don't, I'm not a hundred percent, uh, 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 comprehensive. So <laughs> I've never been, never been an issue with me over the years. Awesome. Awesome. So, so what, you know, thinking back, cause, cause again, I know so often people see this, you know, uh, again, our successful alumni, again, my, uh, a number of times and, and continued in the future, I'll continue to have really great friends come on our podcast who have value add. And they say, I really want a successful life like you've had. So if you think back to that young Robert um, in high school, um, you know, after high school, what did you need to change about yourself to become the value creator that you have become? It's interesting because it wasn't necessarily the healthiest. <laughs> Uh, you know, school was rough because I have I have ADHD. I was not diagnosed till I was forty, so I went through school uh, with a learning disability. And you know, the general it's it from teachers was what's wrong with me? I'm stupid. You know, my parents were good parents, but you know they were pushing. They didn't get it. So my motivation became 
you know, like the old Greek amphitheaters, you can picture the big, big walls around it. A picture with nails on the top, right? All along the top. And all these teachers and these people that said I couldn't do it, whatever, from school or business, I'll be carefully, but I'll have them hanging from their, you know, their coat, back of their coats, watching in the stadium, watching me do it. So to me, it was my fuck you wall. <laughs> so for years, that was my focus. And it was successful in building the business to a point. But, uh, you know, bad marriages and there are a lot of other impacts of that. So I'm trying to now relate your. So does that answer? The, even though it wasn't so, so, really yeah. the so, so, so what did you need to change about yourself? So one of the things this actually created value early. And I think quite often in success, things that will get us there won't actually get us to really where we want to be. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. What got me that I think what the switch in me, it came after, you know, I lost that four or five year fight with the government. Right. You know, I lost my business. I was a lot, a lot of my, was my wealth. And, you know, I, whatever I had left, I didn't change my lifestyle fast enough, which is also a mistake, but I was going to almost zero and it's quite scary. Plus no education on that. So it was a difficult time, and but I decided to take the time, right, for myself. And the night before cottage there, so I, like I was, I was living up there. I was studying mindfulness. To me, my guru is Eckhart Tolle. It's just anybody power now in a new earth, and it's it changed me, the focus. And yeah, so overall, I'd say be much more mindfulness would be what changed me, was the significant change, but the situations what forced me into it. So, you know, hopefully many of your readers can do it proactively. Right, right, and get out, get out in front of it. And it's, and I think the other thing is, is, is that um, just my, my sense of it is, is it's very easy to become attached to the success, right? Rather than, you know, the the journey of who we are and of our relationships and of of you know being the best Chris Thompson I can be not you know take away the the success and I'm 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 good you know and 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 there's a lot of lessons there and I and you know it's something we want that success and then not becoming so attached to it. Yeah exactly yeah you want it's imposter syndrome is huge you know because a lot of we reach uh a pretty high level of success as an entrepreneur that's typically not possible for people with our level of you know education and such so you want to take the time to appreciate your successes and also again back to quieting that voice the critic that's really just from childhood and and, and again i you know i'm sure our leaders can can sense as well just just rob's done a lot of personal work you know, therapy and, and coaching and a lot of the, the, the weekend sessions that I've done and, and uh, um, the courses, et cetera, that really, really, again, fundamentally help us help us understand ourselves as children, help us understand and kind of kind of take up, take ourselves apart or understand that. And then to put ourselves back whole, you know, just because, yeah, we're, it's 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 part of the the real learning process that that that, that 
um, you know, I, I, again, I, I think that we all want to be on that journey. So what have you found, Chris, as far as, so we're talking about inner and outer worlds. So the more work you've done on yourself, what impact did that have on your outer, outer world financially, relationship-wise? Well, certainly the, the, the more inner work that I've done, the more outer success that I've had. And, uh, and, and, and interestingly, the more outer success isn't as necessary because, you know, one of the things, one of my great friends says, Chris, if it was you and me, we could live in basement apartments with big screen TVs and be just fine, you know? And there's, there's something to that, just, just always grounding yourself in, you are not your materials, you are not your success, you are not your bank account, you're not, you know, what people may think you are because of your entrepreneurial success or whatever. And just, just kind of really keeping it separate is, is such a, such a, such a thing. And again, I know some of the, the incredible results of our leaders in our program, it's all of a sudden encountering like just incredible success at such a young age. And it's just like, you are not that, that was your result of this effort this summer. And that's wonderful. One of the distortions I work on, I call it, uh, you are not your, your press. Don't, don't believe it all. Right. And especially when you got kids, right. You might run a company, you might have people listen to you and they might think you're God. Okay. If you expect that from your kids, especially when after they fire, like you're not going to get it. So, no. Well, and 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 if you did something that that would be really unhealthy for them. So, uh, <laughs> right. So, so, so it's 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 uh, it's you know again, there's just so much to figure out. And if we um, if 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 we're uh, you know one of the reasons why it's really great having somebody be so authentic here, and that's what you've been here, Robert, is is for our, again, leaders listening going, oh, um, gee, these ideas that I'm having, oh, I'm sensing this, or I'm sensing that something called forth for me. And it's okay, right? And both Robert and I have done therapy and good chance we'll be back again. And that's great. And again, that's what great coaches actually provide for each other, you know, and, 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 and just, again, learning about what it is to be Chris Thompson or be Robert Powell. And then, and then again, just, you know, um, you know, they, they, they talk about healing our inner child, you know, and so that, so that we continue to learn and grow as, 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 as people and leaders. Right. And spread the magic. Yeah. Spread the magic. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's so wonderful. So, so, so Rob, I, we, we have, we have taken all your time that we, we, uh, we, we blocked off. So thank you so much for your generosity. One final question. Can't believe it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what do you think of? Vision, the ability and the ability to connect with people. It's almost, I don't know what the word is, but that entrepreneurial little part of our DNA that says we can do it. Right. The belief in self. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, and it's, it's, um, it's actually speaking to earlier, I'll put, put together with what you said. One of the things that you said is we regularly default to criticism, problems, fears, and, um, and, and, and actually I think the leader of tomorrow needs to, again, see the opportunities to solve the great problems of our day and the small problems of our day. And, and, and that, yes, we can make a difference. And yes, you know, there's, there's, there's always been times where there's just big, big problems the world's facing and we are facing big problems and the people who are going to help solve them are actually the people who are in the game of trying to solve them, not just point them out, but actually yeah, work exactly. out. And, yeah. and let's, let's, let's go look to solve them. And, and, you know, Robert, we, 
You sorry? So I said you did such a better job answering that question than I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was. <laughs> but you there's, there's your inner critic, Robert. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me give you one acronym to help as a closing. Fear is huge, and it's also huge because as entrepreneurs, we don't really admit it uh, a lot. But to me, fear. Well, to think back, like I've solved millions of problems, right? My mind that never really existed. A lot of them. So for fear, false expectations appearing real. And guys, when, you, when you're feeling that fear, feel it, but think about that piece of it. Because a lot of times it's just another challenge we're going to be able to get through. Absolutely. Well, well, Robert, I knew this conversation would be fantastic. It's so great to, 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 to reconnect. I know we've done that this summer. And, uh, um, you know, uh, continued success. And again, keep, keep working so hard for your clients. I know you're making such a huge difference. Thanks, Chris. Great seeing you. And time went by so fast. I know. <laughs> All right. Keep doing the great work, man. You betcha. We will. Okay. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Hey leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.